while every shelter pet is unique. Some love a good game of fetch. Others would rather snuggle together on the couch. However, there is one thing that they all have in common. They're all pure love. Right now, millions of pets in shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. If you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season, make sure to visit the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. Bus driving is drunk driving. And if you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. When you spot your bus warning sign, call a cab, car, or friend when it's time to go home. Just don't drive home. A message brought to you by NHTSA. Pronounced NHTSA and the ad cancel. I didn't really have a bad childhood, but I think when we use the word trauma, traumas had changed the perspective of know person to person so when I think about maybe me getting a spanking or something you know I would consider that trauma you know trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience a personal trauma like the death of a child or physical injury and the medical realm. So, childhood trauma for me would be me growing up to not have a dad. You know, me later finding out that my dad passed away and that he was shot into death. And I was still very young and didn't know at them at that time. You know what death was. But it became childhood trauma because of the personal experience and death of my dad once I went to my first family member that I did grow up to see watch over me pass away. And then I went back to thinking about my dad and how I wondered, you know, all the time how it would be living with him if he'd be here how our relationship would be if he be here, you know, how I would grow into a woman and how strong of a mind I would probably have, stronger than I, I think I have, that I, that I believe that I have now, if I would have had him as a male role model. Although I did have my grandfather, you know, I still consider my dad's death to be a childhood trauma. And it's only because I found out later about 15 how he passed because my cousin uh, had a poem on her wall 
inside of her old house um, in Southeast D.C. And she told me that that was the poem that she read at my father's uh, homegoing service. And I was a baby. I had no clue. Wow, that's a lot. How old were you when um, your dad died? Um, I think I was about three years old. Okay, so you really kind of just heard memories and stories about him. Actually, yeah, um, I'm looking at his picture that I have on my phone. And his sunset was March the 25th. But I can't see the bottom to see so I was born in January of 89 so I was turning 3 years old okay. I was older than that I was about to be 5 or oh, I had just turned 5 because I was born in 89 91 to 3 yeah. okay I mean, my was kind of similar, but I kind of lost my dad when I was 12, and I know that's probably, like, an issue, a childhood trauma for me as well. Um, I don't know, I don't feel the same way. I really don't know my dad, and it's like, I, I kind of hear stories about him, and... I don't know, it's like, I don't want to know him, for real, to be honest. It's like I have, like, vivid memories, so I kind of just leave it alone. So what type of memories? Have vivid memories? Well, just like, you know, him being in the streets, you know, I do remember that. Um, that's about it, for real. He was, um, he had an addiction, and...
my dad is is one of their parents siblings and uh, another one's uh, uncle great uncle so yeah so um be a great divide like yeah like it was a time where my grandmother took the other family in so i was told and they she raised them and the other woman didn't want nothing to do with them i don't know the truth i don't know that's supposed to be the truth i just don't think no woman would like push their child on another woman that's dealing with their man or their old man like it just don't make sense so yeah. if somebody was on drugs, if somebody just was homeless, you know, so he took them in. It was a court case, you know. I don't really know everything. I was just told uh, that they never didn't want anything to do with them. But I was also told that my grandmother was cruel to them. Um, they, you know, living with them was a was a, a, a traumatic childhood experience for a few of them. And um, how they started to develop as adults. How they started running the streets or going to go go, doing certain drugs, or you know, just start, you know, being, you know, into certain type of men just to get away from, you know, their, their, their in home situations. I'll say that. As kids, you know, or teenagers. And so, yeah, that's. But back to um, trauma, I mean, I just feel like there could be all types of different traumas. Like, I feel like there could be... Um, okay, so you feel... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, no, you know, like, um, there's... Uh, if you were in a car accident and you had trauma to your, your jaw or something, there would be medicine or like physical trauma possibly if a person had like a mental problem then that could kind of be a cause of trauma if it's due to a physical trauma, traumatic experience um, or say, um yeah it's always mental mental mainly uh has an effect on trauma but there can also be physical trauma no. so do you feel like Neglect or abandonment um, is a form of trauma. Go ahead. Say that again. Do you feel like neglect or abandonment are like traumas in mental, in a way? Yeah, if it's a, an effect that's mental or physical, it's trauma. Trauma is a, a physical or mental effect. Right. I don't know. I think, what about, like, some other traumas that she feel like you had? Because I can go on with my traumas. <laughs> you know, and I think, for me, I didn't even realize how much childhood trauma I actually had until I became an adult. It was until the same. I would say for the most part, my childhood, um, I would say for my, also from, yeah, I would say for my grandmother also, um, and I would probably say for my mom as well. 
I became as a woman. But I couldn't continue to um, be distressed by my childhood experience. So I had to transition and become a woman. You know, I had to try to grow from it, suck it up, spit it out, you know, just keep my head up high, keep pushing, you know. You know, it's all, it's all. But you know, for me because um, I didn't think about that. Like, the stuff I went through, I kind of like put it in behind my head and just forgot about it. This is life. But I think that caused a lot of my depression as an adult because I didn't talk about it and I didn't actually, like, I didn't really get a hold on it. Like, I didn't understand it into like now and it's like I feel like I'm kind of just putting bits and pieces and like certain things are coming in my life and I'm just trying to like understand you know so, that's how it's kind of affecting me now so. so I remember we had a conversation in the background um, about uh trailer and everything before and I remember you mentioned inner work or inner self can you remind me of what that is again well see I think like people that do inner work they have different definitions for it so it's kind of it's basically about self it's about finding who you are as a person and um, for me, I guess inner work is just finding out like the root of my problems emotionally. I like the way you said that the root of my problems. Amen. Amen. I just felt the spirit <laughs> over here for real. I can't even jump up in my seat right now. I got the baby in the background asleep. I can't even jump up and run in circles on that one. That one. <laughs> for the books right there from Melly Mills. Inner work. Yeah. Inner self. But I feel like inner work is like continuously. It's like you just don't get healed overnight. Like it takes practice. The practice. And it have to like, I guess control those type of emotions when you're triggered and just in general. So basically so. it's self-awareness or uh, self-discovery or, you know, just getting to know yourself more um, is basically giving you a higher level of introspection, like self-analysis, like finding out who you are, like your identity. Yeah. Much. So how can it be tricky for you? I mean, for us to be honest, more than anything, it's just it's emotional because it's like I'll put the type away and then I'll journal it and then I'll go deeper into it. Of why I feel that way. 
so it gets emotional. Because it's like I feel like I'm kind of like tearing down the layers of knowing who I am as a person. And it's like I kind of like reliving like childhood moments that I don't want to believe in a way. But it's like me finding like why do I act like this? You know? Or why do I feel this way? And I feel like it would explain other identities too. Yeah. Because, like you just said, like you wind up being angry and basically upset and saying why did things happen this way? Because you have a different set of purposes and values and visions and beliefs that may not actually be the same as your inner self's purpose, values, visions, or beliefs. And so, like, I remember us saying before we wanted to just quit our normal jobs and just strive forward to just building people up and, you know, telling them to turn the other cheek. It was right, you know, for the the situation and just finding out their inner peace and their inner self. So... I would say for me, in the self, would have to be maybe, uh, you know, becoming, because I'm already a massage therapist, but I would say that in the self for me would be me getting a card as a goal, when I talk about goals, me, you know, having my business, which shouldn't be hard for me because I don't have a car and realistically speaking my inner self values and and purpose and visions and beliefs are a little different at the moment because my situation is different so I wonder how other people think and hey Melissa I have a question what is the importance of finding your inner self I feel like the importance of finding in itself is pinpointing the emotions and like I don't know I guess like the childhood imprint of like I guess more who you are like Like, I guess, like, figuring out who you are and just living in your truth as an adult, you know? hmm Okay, so, I was, um, I'm trying to think about... I, I went to personalexcellence.com. You guys check out personalexcellence.com when you get a chance. And I was just doing my own background research in the background of finding your inner self. And they talk about uh, conscious living, you know, self-image, you know. Uh, you are more than one identity. Uh, the importance of finding your inner self. They talk about basically what Miss Melissa here is talking about in a different way and they do give examples um, 
under each section they talk about knowing your inner self comes from self-awareness so basically um they uh use uh it is perfectly okay we don't own the rights to this you guys so they i'm going to just read like two lines if i use myself as an example the 10 year old celeste definitely wasn't as self-aware as the 25 year old celeste or 35 year old you know what I'm saying? So when people use that scenario to say, I ain't what I used to be, or girl, I came a long way, you know, I used to be like this, and now I'm like this, that's basically saying that they have discovered who they are, they have self-awareness, because they know who their inner self is. The inner self comes, you know, with inner self comes self-awareness. I could definitely say that I ain't where I used to be, like Hello, welcome to Open Your Ears. So, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Capital 57. Check her out. Not sure if she has content, but that is her anchor profile name. Her and I used to work together with the company as cooks, and we just clicked right away. So, today's episode is titled Get Yo shit together Tamika and I were discussing uh, personal experiences that we had with friends and how we tried to be the bigger person helping them out trying to give them resources that would best fit the need of their situation and how they received the information and what they decided to do with the information so she was telling me this story about a friend that she's known for about 7 years or so and how she is almost at that age where she's tired and sick and tired of helping her friend. So her friend also worked at the same company that Capital 57 and I worked um, a while ago. And so I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure how she met the girl. But she let her stay with her. She told her she had two months because it was summertime and her children needed to be back because school was going to start soon. So she had July and August to try to find housing, try to find family who would assist her with housing, try to go through um, the programs in the city to try to get shelter or some type of housing need. Um, and to try to go through a core of agencies, through third parties, through referrals, through the city. And the friend did not utilize that time, nor did she utilize the time to um, get herself situated. Now, I'm not saying that 60 days, two months is enough time, depending on the mood, situation, person. However, I feel as though if there are children involved and you are facing homelessness, I think you should try to at least look for a job. And at that point, I don't think that you should be particular about the type of job and be dissatisfied at that moment of urgency with the pay rate. So I think that if it were me, I'd know what to do because I've been homeless as well, although I never slept outside. I've always maintained a job or two at a time, and I've always been able to pay my way. Now, with her friend's situation, in comparison with my few details of past experience, 
Um, I feel as though her friend should have utilized the information sent to her because it was necessary and it fit her situation. And as a friend, Capital 57 tried her best. And so after those two months, she had, her friend had to exit the premises. She told her kindly, hey, my kids are coming back. I have to prepare them for back to school. Her friend felt some type of way and was ill will about it. And she acted as if it was a surprise to her when she told her she had to vacate the premises. And so that caused a little rough edge between the two. And so they have a friendship that is one and all of love-hate type of situation, ship. So they would come back together. And so Capital 57 was telling me that the young man that was involved in Oxen Hill Stabbing, who, rest in peace to him, has passed away, was involved in a relationship with her friend. And he wasn't the best guy. Um, I know it's kind of mean and disrespectful to speak ill of the deceased. But basically the friend's issue with her getting her shit together has to do with the the kind of men that she allows into her life. The kind of men that she attracts. Now, I don't know if she's from a single-parent home. I don't know if her parents were married. I don't know if she was ever uh, inappropriately touched as a child or or some type of mind control mentally has uh, affected her choices as an adult and is now a a parent, um, as far as I know of, too. But I felt as though the men should be the last on her mind when she's trying to find housing for her children in order to keep her children in her care safe from harm's ways and in a comfortable and stable environment. Now, um, there's also a situation where her friend, if I fast forward, um, the baby, about nine or ten months last year, now is a year old, I'm going to assume, because around this time the baby was taken away. Somehow this nine or ten month old baby winded up in California, and so I'm not sure if the story hit the news but the story just doesn't make sense because I'm not sure um, why suddenly the dad wanted to be around and and why the mom was just so desperate for freedom of motherhood, which we all can say that we need a break, but that she was sending the baby to California with whom she's not aware how the man will be with the child um, because they don't have a relationship of any sort. He hasn't been around. He disappeared when she was pregnant. He hasn't been around. Not sure how the child will connect with the family, how they would bond with the child, if they know the child, how they would treat the child, you know? And so she freely, comfortably, desperately gave her child to the dad. And I'm assuming because that's the dad, the mom thought it was all right. She'll be fine. It's her dad. Now, a days, we have a lot of craziness go on in the world where men prey on babies, male and female, and most of the time, they're in relation to the, the man, whether it be the dad, the cousin, the uncle, family friend. It, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, they're men. And it's usually something that the doctor or parent missed when they were kids. And it's something that's mentally not right, 
in their mind for them to prey upon kids or get the kids to do things inappropriately, you know what I mean. So anyhow, we're not really sure what happened to the child. Thank God the child is alive. We don't know how traumatized this child will be. The child was young, if the child would remember. Um, and how physical contact will play a part in reaction of the child's nerve stimuli. If I've touched a child's shoulder or hand, if I smile or give a child a certain look or stare, how it will mentally affect the child because of something so young. Like I said, but we don't know if the child will remember. Um, but the child definitely may have been traumatized. I don't want to, allegedly, for safeness of this topic of conversation, getting your shit together. Child was taken away from Child Family Services. The mom had Monday. I believe she had two or three days till that Monday from the date around this time last year to go and get the child from California Child Family Services or they would take full custody. The mom did not have money, funds, or anything to get a hotel to get there, to get back for a flight, for um bus ride or what have you financially to get there. And so my thing is, from the beginning of the story, why did the mom think that the dad would, I guess, bring the child back here? And what were the rules? What was the conversation? Did the mom tell the dad she would come there? Did the dad say in the end that he would come here, that they would meet at an airport or at a, at a bus terminal? What was the discussion? Um, so my friend, Capital 57, was going to be a great friend to her friend and drive to California. And so I guess the friend changed the narrative and told her a different version of the story. And maybe this didn't want Capital 57 to know too much. Capital 57 knows all her dirty past because they were great friends. And so she just wasn't understanding. She had met the dad before, but he disappeared when the child was conceived. Well, when the child was born. And so the child is still, to this day, currently under the care of Child Family Services. Although she did not ever make it to California, somehow or another, Maryland and California exchanged the child. So the child, to my knowledge, is in PG County or Montgomery County or some part of Maryland under the care of Child Protection Services, CFSA, Child Family Services. And you still don't know how the family the child is living with is treating the child because of something mentally that may have affected the child's um, ability to be social. And maybe the child will have some mental issues, God forbid. Um, I really wanted this to be a part two segment of what is trauma, how does childhood trauma affect your choices as an adult. What is trauma to you and did you realize that all the normal behavior of your experiences were not really normal, that it was trauma? And how you coped with it, does it still play a role in your choices that you make when you have thoughts about doing things good or bad? And so... The young lady decided to, per se, 
compare herself to Capital 57 and to kind of make her look like this horrible person. And so this title, again, is called Get Your Shit Together. So I would like to know what you guys think about this segment, Get Your Shit Together, and do you think Capital 57 was wrong for trying to lend a helping hand as a friend who never wanted to see her own potential, nor did the men, nor did the dad. Is this a daddy's issue situation? Um, is this a parenting and mental issue? Is this normalization for someone who has always had the easy way out and does this have something to do with the comfortability of how her parents treated her growing up what do you think it means to get your shit together do you guys have any experiences that you would like to voice message me and have as a part c part you know can we compare this to what is trauma what is changing the narrative when the girl didn't want to give my friend Capital 57 the full, gritty, dirty, humiliative, honest truth about what happened to her baby? And um, what resources that are available to a person based off their situation can I put on my outro if you guys have any suggestions or anything please as I said voice message also you guys can help sponsor at openyourears.com or here at anchor or spotify to help me gather more content if you guys subscribe and like my video you guys may be alerted for me to do a next episode let me know thank you so much welcome and thank you for listening to open your ears